Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of the Eucharist. Thank you for the gift of your real presence. Thank you for wanting to be here with us tonight. Thank you for calling us by name to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation to spend this time with you in this house of God before you and the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus, please open up our minds and our hearts tonight. We pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit so that we can receive the words and the love and the light and the mercy and the peace and the joy and the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding that you want to give us here tonight. Mother Mary, we ask you to wrap your mantle around us here to protect us, to shield us from any assaults of the enemy. And we crown you the queen of our evening here as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, which is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And in light of the song we just heard, Jaira, I want to read verses 25 to 34. And as you hear these words, let's just take a moment to activate our imagination. Maybe some of you have been to the Holy Land and have been to the Mount of Beatitudes. Maybe some of you have seen movies or the chosen TV series on the life of Jesus. If you haven't seen any of that, well then just picture a nice big hill, grassy hill with a sea, you know, a body of water at the bottom of it. It's the Lake of uh, Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee at the bottom of the hill. But it probably goes for a good five, six hundred yards from the bottom of the Sea of Galilee to the top of the Mount of the Beatitudes. And it's not very steep, but it's a good hill. And just imagine yourself there, soft green grass, wild grass, kind of tall. Not a lot of trees, really, with the sea there behind you because Jesus is up at the top of the hill. At least that's kind of how, well, let's switch that, turn that around. Jesus is at the bottom of the hill with the water behind him, speaking up. So it's a natural amphitheater of sorts. And you're sitting not too far away. So you can see Jesus standing there at the water's edge. You can see all kinds of people around you. So you got the sea behind him. 
And then on the other side of the sea are other hills. It's a beautiful day, a sunny day. Just a few picturesque clouds to give a little texture to the sky. It's warm. You're very comfortable. There's a gentle breeze. And you hear Jesus speak these words to you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single moment to your lifespan, why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in your mind's eye, just picture Jesus speaking those words. And now turning to you, making eye contact with you and smiling at you. He's happy that you are here. He is happy that you came out to hear him preach. And he knows that you're looking for something. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows your struggles. He knows your hopes, your dreams. He knows your sorrows your aches, your pains, your sufferings. He knows everything about you. And with one look, he can communicate that to you. Try to receive that gaze. Holy Spirit, sanctify our imagination here tonight. 
That's a good little thing to ask for. Holy Spirit, sanctify my imagination. Use my imagination to speak to me, to communicate to me your truth, your goodness, your beauty. So as he sees you, that in and of itself fulfills a desire of your heart to be seen. We all have a desire to be seen by somebody else in a loving way. And maybe there's some fear around that. Maybe you sense some anxiety over that, being seen by Jesus. What's he going to think about me? Well, allow that look of love to dispel your fears. Jesus is not looking at you as a judge, as some harsh judge. He's looking at you with love as a brother, as a sister. He sees you with great compassion. He sees you with great interest. And he wants to receive you. He's happy that you have come out to hear him. But there's always more. And this speaks to the intimacy that God wants to have with us. And that word can scare people. Intimacy. Jesus wants to be close to you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. But he can't and won't force you to do that. But the invitation is there. He is ready and willing to receive you here tonight in a new way. So I encourage you to allow yourself to be taken by the hand or at least brought closer. And now we can imagine a little bit that Jesus wants to walk with us by ourselves. He says, come with me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Who, me? Yes, you. Come follow me. We just celebrated the feast of St. Matthew, the apostle, yesterday. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we read how Matthew himself describes how he was called by Jesus as a tax collector. And again, in The Chosen, there's a beautiful scene where that is depicted. Matthew is literally behind bars because he's afraid that his own people would attack him, maybe even kill him if he weren't guarded by a Roman soldier. 
But Jesus walks by and calls him by name. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Who, me? Follow me. And he left his customs post. He got out of the box. He got out of the box. And I think there's the rub. The danger is that we put ourselves in a box. This is who I am. We tend to define ourselves and and we let other people define us. But between those two forces, we, we are like trapped, you might say, in a box. We're labeled, if you will. But Jesus is not about labeling you. He doesn't walk by that customs post and look at Matthew with disdain or disgust and slap a label on him. Sinner, traitor, loser. Jesus doesn't do that. Other people have done that, including some of the disciples. But Jesus doesn't do that. He didn't do it 2,000 years ago when he called his first disciples. And he doesn't do it today. He calls you out of the box, so to speak. To be free, to be free of all those labels. Because usually what's attached to all those labels? Shame, guilt, fear, anger, greed, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth, all that good stuff. And we label ourselves. And we get stuck in that spot. And the enemy of our human nature, the devil himself, would have us despair. He would have us give up on having a life that is meaningful, that is impactful, that is holy, that is sacred. Jesus, on the other hand, wants to remind us that our lives are indeed sacred. Your life is a sacred story. Let me repeat that. Your life is a sacred story. And it's a part of his story. The history of salvation. Your story is a part of his story now. He has incorporated you, not only to himself as a member of his mystical body, but he has also called you to play a part in salvation history. You have a role to play. I know that we have a couple of actresses in the audience here tonight. Maybe we have some actors too, I don't know. But we all have a role to play. And everybody's role is important. 
You might say, well, Father, if everybody's special, then nobody's really special. <laughs> How many times have I heard that? How can I be special if everybody's special? I get it. That's a very human way of looking at it. But here's the thing. When God created each and every one of us, we were all created in a very unique way with a unique blend of gifts and talents born into a different historical context. And so in God's eyes, each and every one of us is very special and very important. And he wants you to know that. And in order to live that life to the full, we need to be in touch with Jesus. We need to be in communication with him constantly, constantly. I said yesterday that Matthew was not made a saint on the spot. He had a, he had a conversion. He turned around. He, his life was turned around by Jesus. And maybe some of you have had conversions of sorts. Hopefully we, we have a, a daily conversion of some kind that we're attentive to. Because I think it's safe to say that God is always inviting us to turn more fully towards him and to have our eyes more focused on him. But nobody becomes a saint on the spot. But what eventually enabled Matthew and all the other apostles to lay down their lives as martyrs for the faith, for Jesus, it was spending time with Jesus. Not only the three years that they had with him during his public ministry, but after he ascended to heaven, you can be sure that they all spent time in prayer, in the scriptures, celebrating Mass, receiving the Eucharist. They would have been nourishing their faith by spending time with him in prayer. And so that time with Jesus transformed them little by little, day by day. He healed them because they all would have been wounded by sin. Sin affects us all. Not just our personal sin, but the sin of other people, the sin that's in society. It's true on some level that we're all victims of sin. But we're also victors in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus wants us to experience that victory over sin in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive in prayer and in the sacraments 
during praise and worship and adoration. Jesus wants to transform us. He wants to transform you from the inside out. From the inside out. We don't transform ourselves. We put ourselves in a place to be transformed. So yes, we have to cooperate. But ultimately, he's the one, the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier who makes us holy. And who shares his power with us. And Jesus shares his authority with us as members of his church. Go, therefore, and preach the gospel. Baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Preach the good news. In word and in deed. And so we're going to pray for that tonight. We're going to pray that this message would be accompanied by a demonstration of power. That's something that I've been learning more and more about and inspired to proclaim. Jesus preached this message, this Sermon on the Mount, and he went from town to town preaching the good news, but his proclamation of the word was always accompanied by a demonstration of power. Signs and wonders, healings, deliverance, exorcisms, multiplication of loaves and fish. So the signs that he performed confirmed the message. And he would say, if you don't believe what I'm saying, then believe the signs which attest to the truth of my word. Let that convince you. Let that move you. So let's go for it tonight. As Jesus comes around, as I bring the Blessed Sacrament around, go for it. Pray for miracles. Pray for healing. Pray for whatever intentions you might have. And I have one for us as a body here. It's a parishioner. Many of you know this family, the Halo family. And they couldn't be here tonight because they're praying for their son at home. There are people who are visiting them at home. But their son Andrew is in need of prayer. So we're all going to pray for Andrew tonight and for their family, for healing. And whatever intentions you have here, whatever healings you need, be it a physical healing, anybody in physical pain tonight? Raise your hand. Anybody have physical pain tonight? Okay. Let's pray for healing of that physical pain, whatever it might be. As Jesus comes around, let's pray for physical healing, whatever it might be. Think in your heads right now, what's my pain level? One to ten. And let's see by the end of the the night tonight that it isn't gone or at least substantially decreased. And then we all have spiritual healings that we need, emotional healings, psychological healings. All kinds of healing. 
that we need. And so we can pray, Jesus, show me what you want me to know tonight. As you come around, as we have this time of adoration and praise and worship, show me what you want me to know, but not just with my head, but with my heart and in my body. Show me what you want me to see with my mind's eye, the eyes of my heart. Show me what you want me to see. Tell me what you want me to hear. And he'll speak through your voice, but to you. He'll use your inner voice. So he will use that to speak to you. His words of life. Of, of adoration. Or of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Words of encouragement. Show me what you want me to feel. Be it an emotion or a physical sensation. To show me that you're here. That you love me. That you care about me. That you want to be close to me. That you're proud of me. That you understand me. God knows what you need. So let's pray, that to, let's pray that again together. I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me, okay? Little by little. Lord Jesus, please show me what you want me to know. Show me what you want me to see. Show me what you want me to hear. Show me what you want me to feel. Here I am, Lord. I'm open to receiving your word, your spirit, your love, your light, and your life. Live in me, Lord. I pray for healing tonight. I pray for physical healing for those who need it. I pray for spiritual healing. I pray for emotional healing. I pray for psychological healing. Heal my memories. Free me, Lord. From fear and bitterness and shame. I'm ready to be saved. I can't save myself, but I believe, Jesus, that you can save me. Lord Jesus. Son of the living God, have mercy on me and save me, heal me, deliver me. Amen.